Hey folks, my name is Rusty Mackey, and you're listening to The Art of Stability. The Art of Stability is conversations with old and new friends to hear how they've navigated the challenges of life while staying grounded to Jesus in the midst of it all. On today's episode, I talk with Hannah Anderson. Hannah, her husband Nathan, and three children live in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia. Hannah is an author and speaker. My personal favorite books of Hannah's are Humble Roots and Turning of Days. Uh, You should pick them up today. She also writes regularly for Christianity Today. Hannah co-hosts a podcast called Persuasion. Hannah loves people, truth, beauty, and last but not least, she loves baking pies. You're going to enjoy something in today's episode that covers our desire to win, creativity, financial instability, the gift of uncertainty, and God's kindness through it all. Stay with us and enjoy the episode. Hannah, one thing that I've noticed about you over the years, and I've really appreciated, if if I really had to sum it up into a word, would be that you are winsome. And what I mean by that is really, I see that in two spaces. First, in uh, the Twitter the Twitter sphere, uh, which is such a challenging place <laughs> to be and to live. Uh, but even more than that, my first introduction to you was Humble Roots. I'm a big Humble Roots fan. And in that book and all your other books, I've just noticed you have such a gift of saying things that are true. You know, you've got like this conviction. I see that on Twitter too. But then uh, you not only have something to say, you also say it with imagination and with such beauty. And I really appreciate that. So I just wanted to ask uh, from the get-go, is that just that winsomeness? Has that always been part of your personality? Is it something that you've worked at? What's the story behind that? Well, you know, it is such a joy to hear you say that because it is not something that comes naturally to me. It really doesn't. And I think maybe I'm more attuned to it because I know left to myself, I would much prefer to beat people over the head with ideas. <laughs> so I, I, this was when I was in high school, particularly, I was um, very certain of my ideas. I enjoyed debate and fights and I don't think I picked them necessarily, but I love to get involved. And and somewhere, I guess, in college or my early 20s, I just came under really deep conviction about enjoying the fight too much and enjoying the, um, you know, the smackdown, the intellectual smackdown too much. And I remember, I think it was when I was writing Humble Brutes, particularly, I came across this idea that whatever you've been gifted with, that is given to you to serve other people. It's not given to you to harm them or to destroy them. And so when I come to my words or my writing um, or ideas, there is always this temptation that you could really win with this. This is a powerful thing. Words are very powerful and and you could crush people very easily with them. But to me, it's become, um, you know, through the Holy Spirit's help and conviction, it's become this kind of uh, joy to say, how can I use my words to open up something for people, to invite them into something, to find the way that they can access it 
to provide the bridge either through thoughts or um, words so that I do the kind of puzzle work to figure out how to invite people in and to use my words in my brain that way rather than to use it um, to harm people. So it is a very intentional thing, but only because I know left to myself, I would be very destructive. Mm. Mm. Yeah, words are so powerful. And I like the distinction that you just made between words to harm or to tear down uh, and this idea of winning. You know, I can try to win or really you can try to use the word serve. You can try to serve. You can try to love with your words. Uh, Are there practical things that you do to help you when your inclination is, I just want to win right now. I feel like so many people probably just want to win right now. Well, I mean, it's like, sometimes you just have to say, step away from the keyboard, you know, take a moment, pause, don't rush in. Um, I think as well, remembering that um, the goal is union. The goal is communion through Christ. Mm -hmm. And the goal is the reconciling of people and speaking truth can reconcile But the goal is not that truth would be this abstract thing that that necessarily, unnecessarily would divide. That that the goal of of anything we do and say is the ministry of reconciliation. Um, So even within my home, I am learning this. It's it's hard. Nathan actually is probably much more uh, easily attuned to caring for people or being um, emotionally present with them. And so sometimes I just have to stop in the middle of a conversation with him or with the kids and and really think to myself, all right, slow slow this down. Mm. Let's make sure everybody's coming along together. Um, Let's not rush to get to the win Um, and just actively kind of hold yourself back. And, And I think it's similar to if you're naturally inclined this way, um, when, when our older son is playing with our younger son, we'll tell him sometimes, look, you need to go at 70%. You can't go at a hundred percent because this is your younger brother. He's smaller than you are. You need to go at 70%. And he kind of understands what we mean by that. So I think sometimes recognizing you're going faster than other people, or maybe you can get to the punchline sooner doesn't mean you should, that you should hold back to a degree sometimes with folks, um, especially people that you, you love and care for and are trying to build those bridges with. Mm. Yeah. It's a very loving thing to consider others better than yourself is (laughs) what I hear you saying. Uh, and to have, uh, the spiritual gift, the fruit of the spirit of self-control, uh, in those moments, uh, very, very challenging these days for all of us. I'm curious with going back to this idea of, you know, you're naturally inclined towards like truth and convictions, but yet you are so imaginative and creative. Uh, What has been some tools that have helped you to grow in that Mm. creativity? And what have been some of the personal benefits that Mm -hmm. you didn't expect? Yeah. Well, one of the things that I, I just love about God. And, and this may sound really funny, but for me, this is something that has drawn me to him is that he's very logical. 
right? He's very consistent. He's very orderly. He is what he says he is. Um, there's a faithfulness to what he does and this unity to who he is. And so when we when we're talking about truth, we're not talking about something that's divorced from who God is. It, it is the revelation of God and his way in the world and how he has imagined the world to be. But because of that, you find that truth in a hundred different places. It's not just in words or ideas. It's in forms. It's in shapes. It's in creation. It's built into the entire world around us. And so for me, the creative piece is the, the the analytical side of truth comes very easily to me. And what I need, what I've found I need to open myself to is to say, where is the same thing being expressed, whether it's an art or music or creation? And kind of put that analytical side just to say, okay, you're doing a very good job, but just stay for a minute, just stop. You know, we need to let this other side emerge. And for me, I can tell when I am stressed because I get very analytical about everything. Mm. And I kind of go into this hyper awareness, this ability to break down an argument, ability to see everything. And I, that is when I know when everything is becoming analytical that I need to move away from it. Um, and so practical ways of engaging in that is, you know, creation is one thing that that is, you know, immersing yourself, being present in creation, um, just having a different way of engaging with God uh, rather than just your analytical side. Um, for me, this may sound silly as well, but I love baking pies. And so when I get very stressed, it's like, okay, I need to plan a pie baking session on Saturday. Like this needs to happen for everyone's <laughs> sake, but like something that is a hobby or a delight or something that will engage that creative part of me and move it away from the analytical. Um, I find that that is a discipline of sorts. And it's something that I have to give attention to knowing that the truth of God will also be present in those creative spaces. I've loved this conversation so far and this, you know, this tension between truth and really the beauty of creation. Uh, and when we can live into that, we feel like whole people, right? Mm -hmm. But then we also know that life happens <laughs> and there are moments where the truth doesn't feel as true and the beauty doesn't feel as beautiful. So I'm wondering if you have a story that you could share with us of a time where life hammered you, <laughs> life beat you down. And what was it like trying to navigate that? Oh, you know, it, it feels like there's this strange thing that happens to memory, um, at least the way I've, I've experienced it. You remember all the times you've been beaten down and you don't remember as well the beautiful, calm time. So can I remember a time? I can remember all of them. I can remember, <laughs> you know, the times when you're not getting enough sleep with your first child and you, you're so exhausted and you can't understand why no one else seems to understand the, the degree to which you are just have been bottomed out. Um, I remember hard times 
you know, in, in church life. Uh, my, my husband, Nathan, has served as a pastor um, for most of our married life. And just the tensions and the this particular pain that comes from those who claim the name of Christ acting in ways that are so counter to who he is. But I think the times that have been that, that I, I think of this un- instability the most is when we've gone through cycles of un or underemployment. And um, my husband being in the pastorate, that, that's not always the most stable position for various reasons. Um, You know, it's kind of stable in, stable out, you know. So we've cycled through seasons where he's needed to take a break. And that's meant at different points in our life that we've been without a clear source of income. Um, And I didn't grow up with a lot. So like there's this part of me that thought that I would be okay until I became a mother. And then it was, I'm caring for these children and I want to make sure everything's stable for them. And we went through one of these cycles about two years ago and I, we knew it was coming. We knew there would be this season, both of rest, but also of instability. Mm. And one of the things that I really committed and, and God kind of brought through for me during this time was to pray for endurance, Mm. to to specifically pray uh, for patience and endurance, knowing that it would not naturally come. It would not be something that I could just count on being there. And, And I prayed for the endurance to go through the season and let the season do what God wanted it to do to allow it to produce the fruit. And in order to have that endurance, I also knew that I had to trust that God would provide for us. So it was this prayer, not just for please provide for our um, physical needs, but it was a prayer of, I, I, I believe you're in control of this, God. I, I know that I will not be patient with this process. I know that I will need endurance. I'm asking you to give that. But you also know that that kind of depends on you taking care of us, right? <laughs> like there's something on you here. Um, I'll trust you, but you have to be trustworthy. And so I found in that season of instability, the ability to recognize my limitations, to be able to say, my faith is not strong. I, I I long for stability, but I also know that God is at work. And then as we would go through the season, praying this prayer over and over again for myself privately, um, having eyes ready to see it answered. So it was the combination of prayerfully entrusting myself to God, but also being aware and keeping kind of an out, you know, kind of keeping watch for the ways in which he would care for us. And then seeing those things as direct answers to my prayer for not just to be cared for, but to have that endurance to to be carried through. As I hear you describe that prayer that took shape 
in that season, which sounds like it was largely born out of desperation, <laughs> if I'm hearing you correctly. Um, yeah, I just think there's so much there's so much wisdom in that because so often when difficulties come, if they come suddenly or if we know that they're coming, uh, our prayers often turn to God bring the stability. God get me out of this moment. And I love the very uh, biblical, truthful, you know, dynamic that you brought into. Yes, Lord, provide for us and bring the security, but also accomplish Your will in me. Let this season bear the fruit in me that you want. I think that's such a good encouragement for all of us. And I'm curious on this side of things, uh, what was the fruit that you Mm. saw God bear? And was it what you expected? (laughs) Well, you know, there's, there's the spiritual fruit. There's also... there's also just like physical, tangible things. And, and I'm going to say some of the things that came through that season. And I don't want this to sound like a prosperity or a health and loss gospel. I really mean this in the sense that God had a plan and was doing things. And so even going into this season, he provided for us all through it, mm-hmm. even in small things like, you know, six weeks in our refrigerator goes out which this is not the season to have to be buying major appliances. Yes. (laughs) But then he also provides this high-end refrigerator that's scratch and dent. And by the time uh, we decide to purchase it, you know, like it's like the store just kept knocking money off. Like they just wanted to, it was like, Oh, you can get that for this much. Oh, we'll take some more off. Oh, we'll take some more off. And so it's things like that, that just, you know, there's this particular provision. Um, And then coming out the other side to see kind things like um, Nathan got a job in a field he does really well at in a space he does really well at, and it was in the middle of COVID. And so this this sense of, this makes no logical sense. On paper, you should not, because it was an um, event planning in the middle of COVID. In the middle of COVID. In the middle, so so it makes no sense. Um, But to, to see that sense of God saying, I, I know, I see, I'm near, I'm carrying you through. It does, doesn't always end with a neat package or a bow, but there's enough light. There's enough sense of his presence to say, you can trust me with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you do trust him and you do go through the season, he gives you the patience and the endurance. It's like a muscle. It's like you, you have trained yourself in these ways and now you're not it it will be hard again when when he takes you into another season of instability but you've had the experience of his faithfulness and so you know how to run this marathon you still have to run it you still have to go through the 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 hard times but you know you can do it and you know he can be faithful through it so i think that's a fruit of just trust that can only come by the experience in some ways. So well put. I've heard a theme or a thread throughout all of this of just the Lord's nearness and your growing dependence on him. Uh, What are some things right now in this moment 
when it comes to your relationship with Jesus? What are some practical things that you're doing to enjoy him or uh, seeing him with fresh eyes? Well, I am, um, I think I'm one of the things I'm unexpectedly doing is taking my hands off of things that I have managed for a long time. And, And what I mean in this respect is I, I love my work. I love thinking about my work and planning my work out. I love knowing what I'm going to do, when I'm going to do it, have all these hopes and dreams. And the, the difficulty with that is it doesn't leave a whole lot of margin for what Jesus wants to do with your work. And, and I don't mean that like I'm resisting him, right? Sure. It's just if you've already planned it out and you haven't asked, what would you like? Or, or what are you calling me into? Yeah. Um, then you miss this opportunity that his dreams might be better than yours. Mm. And so one of the things that I am unexpectedly encountering and and coming into is learning to ask the question, what if, Mm. what what if you went a different route? What if you wrote a different book? What if, and, and broadening your understanding of what's possible. And I think this also comes from disruptive times because when you lose what the thing that you planned would happen it can feel like there's no future but what's actually happening is the future is broadening to a hundred different ways that god could work and you don't know which one of those he's going to do but but you have actually opened up the possibilities rather than just sticking to your own narrow path. And so for me right now, I I feel this kind of curiosity and opportunity um, with Jesus, with saying, okay, I have planned my life out this way. What are you thinking? What, What questions should I be asking? What path would you think would be a good route? to take. And again, this isn't about not being surrendered to God or um, rejecting his leading. It's just maybe um, pulling back far enough to entertain new possibilities. Mm. Yeah. I think what you just described is a really natural experience that a lot of people go through if they're continuing on a trajectory of health in Christ, right? That uh, kind of the first half of our life is very much oriented around our plans and our agendas. And uh, that's necessary. That's not bad. That's good. But then if we're to continue to grow in Christ, there comes a point where we have to kind of let off the reins, hold our hands a little more open and mm-hmm. ask the Lord, like, okay, this has been my agenda. What's what's your agenda? What's your mm-hmm. plan? Uh, that can be really challenging, as natural as it is. It can be really challenging when your when your muscle memory is to plan and to push the agenda. <laughs> and even though you're doing that prayerfully, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, practically speaking, as you've moved into this season of a bit more, like, okay, margin. You know, mm-hmm. I'm creating this margin. I'm creating this space. Practically, what has it looked like for you to sit in that margin and to invite the Lord mm. to speak into your future? Well, it's been very surprising. And I'll just give you a really explicit example. Um, I had this year planned out 
writing projects, books that I wanted to do and had pitched them and was in late stages of contract with a publisher. And they were all very good things. They were all good, good things. We reached a point where we had kind of missed a window, a particular window that I felt like was necessary to do the work well and to get it done in the time that we wanted to be publishing it. And I really just had this sense that God was calling me to step away from the projects. And it was unbelievable because we had invested all this time, all this conversation, all these hopes. This was my plan. Um, And yet I knew like with so much clarity that this was not going to happen. This was not the time. This was not the place. It doesn't mean that they won't happen, but it was, you need to shut this down. And I was so surprised by that because of, for one thing, all the work that had been invested, all of the kind of planning and hopes and on paper, it looked like this was great. But also um, in stepping away, there was this relief that came, this release Mm. to say, yes, you could have pushed through with that. Mm. You could have... um, Force that to happen. But here is a gift of space and margin, and God is providing your needs. You have other good work to do. And actually what he wanted was not for you to be stressed and overwhelmed in this season. But to be able to enjoy that margin and rest, I had to do something that was counter to what I would have planned, counterintuitive in many ways. But it, I do know, that, I mean, even weeks later after this has, the decision has been made, I'm still like, oh, that was strange, but I know it was right. Yeah. I'm still surprised, but huh, that, that was exactly what needed to happen. And I'm grateful that I was able through the Holy Spirit to have that space to know God has something different for this season. And it will be for your good. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of what you're sharing, I'm hearing this concept of space and pulling back and pausing and slowing down. And a lot of my work that I do with folks in spiritual direction is really inviting them to kind of the wide open spaces of the Trinity, you know, that, that there's, there's just so much freedom and there's so much space for us just to be with the Lord and to uh, be led by the Lord, like you're saying. And I know personally, as I've interacted with a lot of folks and even for myself, when I've had those moments of being confronted with the spaciousness of Mm -hmm. the Trinity, uh, there can be all kinds of reactions to that. You've mentioned surprised as Mm -hmm. one of them. Uh, Another one that I see that is common is fear. You know, like it can, it can feel uh, very exposing to have that much freedom and that much space. Uh, as folks are listening and maybe they're sensing the Lord inviting them to take their hands off the reins a bit, to enter the wide open spaces, uh, to live a less constricted life. And as they're experiencing fear with that, uh, how would you speak to them and encourage them to do the hard work of stepping into it? Mm-hmm. Well, I would first confirm that it's absolutely terrifying. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I want 
to make it clear that the fear is not a lack of anything, right? So, so it's very human. That's a, that's a very natural human response. And it doesn't indicate that you are somehow worse of a human being than any other human being. It, it's, it's terrifying. Um, but I would also say this, that there comes a point in God's work and what he's, he's inviting you into that it's going to happen, you know, like God's purposes for us are very generous and kind. And I think it's more about how we position ourselves toward what he's doing. So there's this idea of tensing up because you're uncertain, but if you can relax and let it carry you, I guess it's similar maybe to floating on the water, you know, that, that kind of sense. If, if you can trust enough that the water will hold you to do that, you have to relax enough to let it hold you. And so I think I would absolutely confirm that it is terrifying and that even God is gracious with, you know, he, he is kind and gentle and, um, but also I would say you can trust that he will hold you and carry you through this, whatever this is, this change, this, um, particular season. And then in the end, you'll be able to look back and say, that was good. Um, on this side, it's not as easy and you don't know where the road's going. You don't know. Um, and that openness is, is very unsettling. Well, I'll just, I'll just share this Ecclesiastes. I think it's chapter 11. It talks about the future being unknown, but it says, because the future is unknown, like you don't know what's going to happen. You should actually open yourself up to the ways in which God would bless you. So the idea is you don't know the ways of God. You don't know what of your work is going to be fruitful, either this or that, or both of them together. And it's that both of them together that always catches me that not knowing the future often feels like, I mean, it's terrifying, but not knowing the future also means we don't know the ways in which God will bless us. Yeah. I love what you said, you know, uh, it's uh, an uncertain future is terrifying, but God is kind and God is gracious and he is trustworthy. And so we can trust him. Well, thank you so much for your time with me today. And also just uh, the way that you're contributing to our world through your writing, through your presence online. Uh, Very thankful and grateful for you. Good to be here, Rusty. All right, folks. Thanks for joining us today for the Art of Stability. If you want to get connected to Hannah, you can follow her on Twitter at Sometimes A Light. And you'll want to pick up her book, Turning of Days. It's a collection of essays by Hannah and stunning artwork by her husband, Nathan. They structured the book around the seasons of the year so that you can pick it up and read it with, well, the turning of days. (laughs) I'll put a link in the show notes that will also include Hannah's work at Christianity Today. The Art of Stability is a production of Steadfast Ministries. There, I offer spiritual direction, sabbatical coaching, and workshops, which all help you to stay grounded in Christ to go the distance in life and work. 
For this and other free resources, be sure to check out Steadfast Ministries' website at steadfastmen.com. That's steadfastmin.com. The Art of Stability cover art was created by Brian Bim, music created and performed by Rob Main, and the music was recorded and produced by the Asterisk Company. Help this brand new baby podcast grow into a full-fledged adult by subscribing and sharing it with friends so that more folks can join us next time for the Art of Stability.